Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Now, I've had uh, several people ask me about dogs that bark. It seems to have been a topic particularly uh, through COVID uh, and afterwards that has become a problem for many, many people. So I figured it's a good one to cover. Let's look at why dogs bark. Dogs bark as a form of communication. It is every dog in the pack's job to alert the rest of the pack to any potential danger. It may well be the postie, which, by the way, is a self-rewarding behaviour because the dog barks, the postie goes, so we do it again next time. It may also be something as much as um, someone on a roof. It may be someone approaching. The dog's job is to let the rest of the pack know. The leader of the pack is the person that, or dog that makes the decision as to whether it's a problem or not. Now, this is where so many dogs are actually, the information that people are giving them is that the dog is the leader of the pack. Now, this becomes a real problem because the leader of the pack is in charge 24-7-365. And this is why many dogs are stressed. If you have a dog that continuously barks, you have a stressed dog. It is normal for a dog to bark when it sees someone, something it's not sure of. It might be someone working on the roof next door or a new car in the neighbourhood. That's fine. But if the dog continuously barks, that's not. That is not a natural behaviour. You have a stressed dog. A lot of people leave dogs out in the backyard. Now, a dog is only isolated from the rest of the pack in nature when it's done something really wrong. So keep that one in mind. If you lock your dog in the laundry at night or you leave the dog outside for hours when you're at home regularly, you can be sending the information to the dog that it's done something wrong. I get you may not want the dog sleeping on your bed. That's fine. But the dog should have access to the areas where you and the rest of the pack are. Now, another thing that I've sadly seen twice in the last month, it is a problem in the area I live in, are people encourage their dogs to bark and growl and be the proverbial tough guard dog. Unfortunately, being a fairly young family area, there is more incidents in this particular um, shire that I live of dog bites biting family members 
than pretty much anywhere else in Victoria. Last time I looked at the statistics and this is what happens. People expect the dog to be a guard dog. That's fine. A dog will always look after you if you're in trouble. But of course, they encourage these dogs to growl or bark without understanding fully the dog's behaviors. And of course, if they're giving the dog the information that the dog is in charge, you can't blame the dog. They set the dog up to fail and then wonder what happens. And of course, ultimately, it is the dog that pays the price. If your dog is normally quiet and suddenly starts becoming very vocal, always get the dog checked by the vet because often there can be a physical cause. Now, a common one at the moment, as I've said with COVID and now post-COVID when we're starting to get back to, well, not exactly normal, but anyway, is separation anxiety. Now, separation anxiety is not a dog being bloody-minded. It's really not even a dog having a panic attack, as someone once described it. A dog will become a problem with separation anxiety when you are giving the signals in the way the dog understands it that it is pack leader. Have a think about that. If I locked you in your house and you knew I'd thrown the dog out on the freeway, you'd be frantic trying to get to it to protect your dog from the freeway. Put that in reverse and that is separation anxiety. And of course, this is the problem. The dogs have been with so many people 24-7 through lockdown, lots and lots of walks and, 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 and people have been unwilling to separate themselves from the dog, be it in another room, be it putting the dog outside, whatever, for a couple of hours a day. And then what happens? People go to work. They come home. They're tired. There's this thing called socializing with other humans that that almost forgotten. Poor old dog gets left out. And of course, the dog suddenly, after being with someone virtually 24-7, is now without someone for umpteen hours a day. And then people are blaming the dog. Dog hasn't changed. It was the same dog it is when, or it was when you were in lockdown. The difference is you, not the dog. For those of you that um, want to have a look at something, there's a really, really good video by Jan Fennell, F-E-N-N-E-L-L, called The Dog Listener. Uh, look that one up. Get yourself a copy of the DVD. Don't start me on Tony feeding dry food in the bowl. You all know what I think of dry food, but it's a really good explanation of why your dog behaves the way it does. Now, whether your dog is barking, whether it's biting, whether it's doing what we call patrol, which is essentially jumping fences and going walkabout, um, growling at you when you're in certain seats or territories, all these different things are basically different symptoms of the one thing, and that is lack of leadership from the way the dog perceives it. And that's the problem. Most people think if they tell their dog to sit, drop, or stay, they've got the dog under control. No, that's training. Training is not leadership. You never hear one dog say to another, sit, drop, come, or stay. They just don't. It's eye contact or lack thereof. Who goes through the door first? All the things that the dog does, not the human. A lot of people think, oh, well, now that I've 
gone back to work and my dog is a problem and it's barking and the neighbours are getting upset, I'll get a second dog and that will solve the problem. Uh, it's actually going to make things a whole lot worse. Instead of having one really stressed barking dog, you're going to have two. There's a reason a farmer always put the puppies out with the best working dog because they learn so much from the other dogs. So if you've got one dog that's a problem, please do not get another dog. Sort the problem out. Wait till your dog has been well adjusted, happy and relaxed for at least six months. Then if you want to get another dog, look at having a second. It really is a big, big problem otherwise. And whereas the neighbors may tolerate barely one barking dog, I can guarantee you they're not going to tolerate two. Also, if your dog is barking continuously, it is very, very stressed. Now, I think people are becoming more aware of mental stress, particularly with all the lockdowns in COVID and the whole basic COVID situation. It's brought a lot up. Dogs are no different to humans. They do suffer from stress. Am I an advocate of a lot of the uh, medications and that? Not really. When you have an extreme case, then yes, as a temporary measure, whilst you are working with the dog to resolve the problem. And 99% of the time, the problem is the owner. And I can hear you all going, oh, but, oh, but, my dog, my dog. Yeah, well, I've got a rescue too. And he was one of the most extreme rescues I've seen. Even I thought I'd bitten off more than I could chew. And of course, he wasn't a barker to start with, but he's a livestock guardian. They bark. I am now really having to adjust my lifestyle around my dog's requirements. And sometimes you have to do that in order to provide a good, stable relationship with your dog. I'd love to take him to work with me in the same way I did Sirkan and Falcor. He's never going to be able to do that. It is my job to provide him with good, solid leadership Meko's triggers aren't dogs. They're not people. They're cars. And sadly, we have a lot of them in this street and a lot of V6s and 8s, which are like red rags to a bull. So it is my job to be aware of what to do and do it every single time walking my talk, whether I like it or not. And it's always when you're most tired, you've just sat down or you really don't feel like doing it, that a car's going to go past and Meko's going to arc up because that's Murphy's Law. But you need to look at altering your lifestyle in a lot of cases as a long-term thing for your dog. If your dog's been used to having you 24-7, 365 and you've got a COVID puppy, it is completely unfair to the dog to be away eight hours at work plus sport on weekends plus going out with people and, and, and. So the dog's actually with you only four hours a day. That's unfair. You got this dog when you were in COVID. It's your responsibility now to step up to the plate. Don't blame the dog. Next time your dog is barking nonstop at something, stop and ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? Rather than why won't my dog shut up? Look at it from that perspective and I can promise you, your thought patterns will change, your dog's behavior will change and you will both be much, much happier. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. Remember, as always, feel free to like and subscribe and drop me a message. I'd love to hear any feedback or any topics you would like covered. Until next time, enjoy yourself, stay safe, and remember when you can, talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.